Keel saw the wheel. This is the wheel he said he saw. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! It's Tallcast 82, and tonight we're celebrating the end of the world as we know it. It's Rapture Palooza here on Sci Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51, where the Buffalo roam and everyone is in hiding, I am the Dome. Joining the Tallcast tonight from the Alston Brighton bunker, welcome, Kriana. I'm currently being seen by Dr. Manhattan, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Do you wonder why he was blue? Now you know. I'm not talking about that, Dr. Manhattan. I know. <laughs> from the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, he's looking for, you, for some unicorn jerky. It's Illustrator X. <laughs> That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplanes. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. And his mistress of the afterlife, the dead redhead. And I'm still partying like it's 1999. You know, mind, it's always going to be 1999, isn't it, though? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in outpost Gallifrey, uh, uh, Indiana, risen from the dead, the man with the shotgun in his trees, picking off the horde of marauders. Captain Segway, awake by Java, is once again M-I-A, or M-O-U-S-E. We're not really sure which. <laughs> I think he's in the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> uh, I, why the hell not? M-O-U-S-C. So we have no idea where he is once again tonight. That's what she said. Him? Yeah, well, clearly uh, she's saying something, and I'm not sure what it is. That being the case, tonight we want to welcome to the show Stephanie Wright, a lovely, talented author of the book Vampire's Warden, Undead in Brown County. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, everyone. Hello, <laughs> nurse. Nurse. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Great minds think alike and in purple as well. Ooh, my Welcome crayon tastes show. like purple. Yeah. <laughs> Pop open the Pringles. It's time to take a look at what's been going on this week. X, what you got, my friend? Oh, well, this was actually a huge science fact week, but I'll get to that in a minute. Or I was it? Or was it? <laughs> or was it? Or was it? Well, we will debate. But first of all, um, the Doctor Who, Who universe gets a little bit bigger because uh, they released some teaser stuff for the new Torchwood series coming out this summer. And not only that, Torchwood itself may be spinning off a new series. And if so, we may be seeing Elijah Dushku. Joining the Doctor Who universe in this. Eliza Dushkanu. Universe and Torchwood, yay! Okay, this this brings about a kind of interesting thought because Dushku's uh, just finished doing a sitcom that got picked up by CBS. CBS so, cares. Because CBS cares, <laughs> and you don't. 
So she's going to be working double duty doing a uh, a Showtime show at the same time she's doing a CBS show, which is going to be interesting. The Twitterverse is just agog with this. I mean, it, they're going crazy. I like the, the term agog. Don't agog. you think? <laughs> Especially today. Mm. Today's agog? Indeed. Okay, cool. So, anyhow, um, Liza, time for you to come on the show, don't you think? Seriously. Yeah, but now she has an excuse. She's got too many shows to do. I know. I know. I know. You know, I, you I mean, we know missed you at Boston Comic Con. We understood because you were in shooting a basement your... somewhere up in, like, on. Oh. oh, that's true. No, I just feel bad for those guys, though. They're, like, somewhere above the Arctic Circle in a basement going, man, all, this, all I know is this is killing our chances for a dollhouse reunion show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, good point. And it is. So get over it, geeks, because this looks like it's going to be fun. And while we're talking about the Doctor Who universe, Time Traveler's Wife. Oh. My. God. What a that was so awesome. It's like Did kissing, but there's a winner. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And that has become the catchphrase of this past week. Oh, there'll be a two-shirt out of that one. Oh, yeah. Or there has two. To be. There absolutely has to be. I mean, it was preventive episodes they've done, but you can say that virtually about every single episode they've done so far. This has been perhaps the most um, difficult season in terms of writing style in terms of character development and each week they just move it that much further along. That's thanks yeah, to but, Neil, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. You know what? This is the first Neil Gaiman story I have ever liked. Wow. <laughs> I haven't read that yeah, many. Why? Wait. Alright. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I mean, I haven't read that I've many. Honestly, that is not the first time I've heard that from people. Really? I mean, all I've read is American Gods. Uh, why do you say that? And, <laughs> and Good Omens, and they just oh, didn't do thing. anything for me. I just, just, no. Oh, I love Good Omens. Oh. Why? It's so much fun. Really? Except the yeah. ending. Yeah. But the ending is is the should be the best part, don't you think? The ending is crucial, don't not you think? Neil, Seriously, not in Neil Gaiman stories. The ending yeah. is not the best part. Yeah, Neil Gaiman is the master of the anticlimax. His stories tend to have all this great side stories and character development, and then it's like, and then they picked up their toys and went home. The end. I mean, in recent years, he's learned how to write an ending. I mean, again, this past week's Doctor Who shows that, but. Yeah, that was a problem. Wait, you're, talk, you're, talking about an, you're talking about anti-climax. Is this about marriage somehow? or? Ooh. Well, not necessarily. No, I don't think so, anyway. <laughs> Although it could be. <laughs> but, Neil, we know you're a diehard fan of our show, and by all means, join the chat room and let us know what, what you think. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> though. First of all, first of all, having the TARDIS be in a person. Genius. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the way he wrote the TARDIS as speaking, 
Genius. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Good job. You did not disappoint us. And then the way he wrote the entity or whatever it was inside the TARDIS behaving, also genius. Fabulous. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. And then the way he ended it, having it not be a permanent thing, also genius. Yep, yep. By the way, uh, if you go over to the uh, uh, BBC website, and I'll post the link for that uh, after the show goes up, there are a couple of lost scenes from The Doctor's Wife. Oh, really? Oh, oh yes. my. Wife's Snickers? I mean, what are we talking about here? Oh, no, they're, they're, uh, they're actually quite cool. And, oh, by the way, the girl who plays that was just terrific, wasn't she? She was terrific. What I mean, was she? I've seen her before. What was she? What else was she? No, doing? no, she hasn't been in anything. That's the thing. I looked her up on IMDb. Hang on, I'll do it again. Her name on the sh on the show is Idris. Right. But um, yeah, she hasn't been in anything. No, I I hadn't. Did, I didn't recognize her at all, to be honest. With no, you. you know what? She does look yeah. familiar. I'll give you that. Yep, she does. You know the. This past week's episode passed the acid test. Um, I was talking with my grandmother last night. Oh, oh my. Here we go. And says, you know, finally, I like this new... They finally wrote a good episode of this new Doctor. Oh, God. I like, wow. Says, I liked this one. I said... What, did they get some sort of new writer or something? Like, actually, yeah, I was a guest writer. His name's Neil Gaiman. He's a famous author. Well, he can write. <laughs> so, there you have it. Okay, okay. So, um, Idris Kriana. was played. Sorry, what? Kriana. Idris was played. Who's that at the door? By Saran Jones, and she's been on the Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, that's she was Mona Lisa, wasn't she? She was Mona Lisa. Yes. Now I know who she was. Yes. 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 But who's that at the door? It's, you can't force it like that. No, 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 no. Look at your contact list. Who's that at the door? Is it Awake by Java? Well, ring the bell and find out. I don't know. He's not showing up. It's online. He's showing me. up online. <laughs> oh, my. All right. I'm going to ring the doorbell just as he signs on. Oh, this, is, this is known as incredibly jerkish attitude on my I'm an block. evil person. <laughs> yeah, that's who she was. She she was in, uh, was it last season of Sarah Jane Adventures? I think it was last season, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't she know. Mona Lisa. Well, yeah, she played Mona Lisa. My God, you know, I was racking my brains until you mentioned the name. Because, God, she's just, just cuter than hell. He's not showing his awake yet, is he? No. He's <laughs> not? No. So moving on. Okay, so let's move on until he gets there. Okay. So. So, oh, wait saying, a minute, wait a minute. You, We were talking about Neil Gaiman. Uh, Gaiman's going to be in the New, Portsmouth. In the New England area, yeah, yeah, in the next couple of weeks, isn't he? In yes, June. yes, as part of a 10th anniversary tour for American Gods. Oh, please kill me with that book. <laughs> All they have to do is drop it on you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was not a good book. Well, no, no it wasn't. I agree with you there. Well, yeah, you you agree with her, but a lot of people don't, unfortunately. 
And you know what? They're not in this this uh, little chat we're having, so so screw them. Zombrian's no, not. not here. <laughs> Are you with me? Oh, he just went offline again. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you just having computer to your problems. letters. Yes, we look forward to your comments. Yes, to uh, Kriana at sci-fi Saturday Night dot com. Oh. oh. <laughs> Moving on, we had a we had a lot of other stuff happen this week. Did we? Hey, yeah, we did actually. Uh, X Men First Class is you know the Marvel universe of of movies is just kicking ass and taking names. It's just amazing. Thor is just kicking the box office apart worldwide. He's going nuts, and the uh, the the first couple of trailers for X Men First Class look incredible. If by incredible you mean slightly anemic, then yes. Not at all. Not at mm. all. But you know what? Why would I expect anything less from Madam Snark tonight? Oh my god. <laughs> Wah. Yeah, Madam Snark. Can't take Snark. the snark. Wah. You know what? If I can pontificate, you can just snark away, baby. You do pontificate whether I snark or not. Yeah, okay. Let's let's just take a quick cast vote. When did she ever not snark? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Done. <laughs> Thank you. Kiss my Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm telling you, X Men First Class is looking good, and uh, it was funny because you know the dome was out yard sailing this morning as he does every Saturday morning, buying glassware for the lovely and talented Ms. Dome, and. Uh, <laughs> We came across. I was where I happened to be wearing my Sci-Fi Saturday Night uh, cap and my Captain America T-shirt because it was the first day in like a week and a half. It hasn't rained and like a son of a. Throwing bitch. themselves all over you when you were wearing that. They right? were. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. The adoring throngs were amazing. What's that thongs? Anyway, um, this guy walks up to me. and goes, "So uh, when's Captain America coming out?" Like I knew. <laughs> so we talked about it for a while, and it turns out. This guy is just uh, mustered out of uh, of the army in Afghanistan. So if you're listening, Staff Sergeant, hiya, how you doing? <laughs> Please don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't hurt Kriana, even though she snarks. Even though I'm he, gay. <laughs> no, he was actually, you know, he was actually kind of really cool about it and wanted to know, you know, what I thought uh, Captain America was going to look like because he had a poster of it that they hung in Afghanistan, which I thought was, like, kind of cool. They don't call it Captain America in Afghanistan. Uh, the American troops there do, and oh. they can go to hell. You know, everybody else can go to hell, because as far as they're concerned, it is Captain America, and it is. And uh, he was just saying, you know, how much uh, the, the the troop guys were all looking forward to it. So Yeah, troop guys! Shout out to you guys. <laughs> Hey, troop guys! <laughs> oh, could that be any more awkward? I don't know, Snark Lady. Why don't you let us know? So she throws the puffball to you, Snark Lady. Where are we going? Me? Yeah, your turn. Um, my turn for what? <laughs> my turn to pick a topic? Sure. Absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna go for Once Upon a Time. The trailer from ABC looks awesome. Of course, it's gonna die in the first three episodes because it looks so awesome. But whatever. I mean, has ABC ever been able to carry a horror series to to any length? Once I Upon mean, a Time is not 
technically horror. Well, that's what they're that's what they're portraying it as. No, the river is technically horror. Okay, dark fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, but Why it's not going to so be. Good? What is it? I've never even heard of this. What is what's so good about this? Well, I, I dark fairy tales are awesome, but they're not going to do it right. Wait, didn't you except, see Red Riding Hood? For the, I didn't know. Uh, Red Riding Hood. Thank awful. you. Awful. Thank you. That was awful. No, I didn't Just see it. Me. I just said I didn't see it. I was talked I out of it at out. the last minute. I walked out halfway through. No, you care. did not. I didn't right. care whether or not I walked back in. It was awful. Oh. Well. You know, I think and I don't walk those... out of movies. I usually don't walk out of movies, but I was so disappointed. The writing was terrible. Oh, God. I won't get started on it. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's, that's why you're that's here. Always been my issue with dark fairy tales is that they don't do really well they're or they're not they don't transfer really well visually because they work so well as a written word mm-hmm. and a hush okay, falls but over I mean, the how many dark fairy tales i mean it's not exactly a huge genre exactly. actually it has yeah. gotten a lot. it is a huge genre what are you yeah. talking about it's it's not your genre, X, clearly. <laughs> well, if you're talking about classic fairy tales, no, that's not a huge genre. If you're talking about that's... original dark fairy tales from this century, that's a, a bigger genre, I think, what you're talking about. But, I mean, what they were attempting to do with Red Riding Hood was revamp the old fairy tale into a Twilight version. Um, uh, and uh, and guess what? Failure! Yes. <laughs> Then again, you know, then there was the Brothers Grimm, which, you know, just was silly beyond belief. But it was entertaining. But it was silly. Uh, I never said it wasn't. Not one of Terry's better movies. Yeah, Terry could have done a lot better with that. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. So, AB, the new uh, season of Futurama coming up? Seriously. Transgendered characters. A male version of Leela and Amy. Sounds kind of hot. Be, that's got to be the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. No. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Talk about spoilers, kids. Oh. Spoilers. Apocalypse, take me now. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. If, if it's a choice between... Uh, Rapture Palooza and another season of uh, Futurama. I'm going with Futurama. I'm sorry, the Rapture's going to have to wait. Uh, I agree. I agree. It's not well, that it bad. Has to I mean, wait. <laughs> Apparently, uh, it happened it? two two hours twenty minutes ago. <laughs> no, class. I thought it was I thought it was eight o'clock on the East Coast, and and it just no, it was six o'clock. six o'clock. Oh six o'clock. shit! Then we're technically dead. You cool. Did. Nothing and I can still, still drink alcohol. That's awesome. I know. How does it feel to be technically dead? <laughs> it feels pretty darn good. Well, that's why I posted that on Facebook. It's like, tonight's episode is conveniently located, you know, between the apocalypse and Doctor Who. <laughs> and that was brilliant. Yes, we <laughs> got very lucky with that. <laughs> uh, well... One thing I wanted to talk about was this week, I mean, everyone's saying it's the end of the world. I'm glad that this week is finally starting to look like the 21st century. 
Um, don't know if these stories are all true. Don't know how in-depth these stories are, but man, five different stories was just like, oh my God. Just reading the, uh, the, the headers. First habitable exoplanet confirmed. Mm. Australia brewing beer specifically designed for consumption in outer space. Mm. <laughs> Austrian man has a fully functional bionic hand. That one's actually kind of true. That one is true, yeah. Some very lonely person in Japan invented a kissing machine. That one was just creepy. Finally! (laughs) (laughs) And and it's about time we brought the Rocketeer to life. A man flew over the Grand Canyon in a jetpack. Woo! And that was a man. That that wasn't a man. That was me. Sorry. That was you? (laughs) Tell us about it. (laughs) And I scraped up my knees just to let you know. <laughs> okay, if somebody actually flew over the Grand Canyon in a jetpack, and evidently they did, can a flying car be far behind? And if, in fact, it's closer than we think, can we please not let them have them in Florida? But, you know, well, all I'm saying. All I'm saying is, growing up with sci-fi, it was something that these are sci-fi staples. You read them all the time. You saw them on TV and in movies. But this is stuff that's like, no, no, this is factual. This is a headline. And they're like, what? Well, just because it's a headline doesn't mean it's factual. I'm just... I don't care. It's just the (laughs) fact that it's not being touted as fiction. It's like, people are really talking about this stuff. I mean, you know, part of the fact is... Part of the fact is that... Kevin uh, Smith gets a flying car. Well, I won't go down that, though. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the reality is that the the science of bionics has gotten significantly uh, better and better over the past 10 years. And the fully functional bionic hand that they're talking about in the BBC article is uh, damn close to what we would have expected uh, Lee Majors to have. I was going to say, did it cost $6 million? Uh, no, it actually cost a crap load more, to be honest. No, but inflation for you. Well, yeah, totally inflation. And, and you know, we can thank the... Uh, the political parties for that but the reality is that when we were in Boston at uh, Comic-Con two three weeks ago at this point and the guys from MIT came in with that walking exoskeleton oh wow. yeah yeah right at that point I said you know if we got college kids who can make this stuff and make it work and walk around and build oh come stuff, on that wasn't even that impressive Oh, it was totally that impressive for the unscientific among us. For the non-scientists among us, it absolutely was. I thought it was pretty cool. Any, no, no. no. The invention the of thing, styrofoam though, happened. Well, yeah, eventually, but that's true. <laughs> uh, I just so want to point out to all of our long-time listeners. What? Go what ahead. was that? <laughs> I was going to say an entire exoskeleton that was robotically controlled. That's awesome. And, and there was a guy inside it. I mean, just running. Well, it. it wasn't really an exoskeleton. He was kind of open. Yeah. It was I mean, more it of a was... Gundam-like type of thing. Well, actually, more like a Gundam. It's more like uh, the stuff, the thing that Sigourney Weaver yes. was putting yes. on in Aliens. That's what I'm Yes, thinking. exactly. That's exactly what it was like. I don't know if it could lift anything. <laughs> Probably not. No, but I mean, it had the, the, the fully functional cool. pincers and 
the the just the sound that it made. I'm sorry, but the sound was cool as it went. I think you're just obsessed with robotics. It could be. <laughs> well, but that's one of the things that growing up I got obsessed with. Absolutely, it's true. Now, longtime listeners will know that Sci-Fi Saturday Night has been in possession of a kissing machine for many years now. <laughs> we call it the Dome. Thank you. donation for a small donation, ladies. <laughs> Ew. And we know just how small that donation has to be. Very profitable. Ew. It's not that I'm blushing it. Kriana, that's enough. Thank you. Your snark is fully unappreciated. <laughs> no. Ew. I'm going to have to go with ew on that. Getting back to. Okay, so. Here, what? Here's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Another elf too? More elf? No, more elf is always a good idea. Are you kidding, oh. Willie? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Grease fire. Okay. Name for me in the last television season, perhaps the worst sci-fi series that there was. Ooh, ooh, V. <laughs> Good call. I I I wait. Everybody, he didn't say Smallville. <laughs> That's not science fiction. That's why. That's right. That's just stupidity. Smallville is just abhorrent silliness. That's just crap. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Dead Redhead. Oh. oh. Okay, Dead Redhead. That's one kiss. Stay dead. All right. That's Any lawyers in the audience will notarize this. He didn't but, say so. I mean, you know, everybody who watched V just kind of went, God, do we have to? I mean, I mean, there have been bad shows on, but this one just, you know, they took it off, brought it back, took it off, brought it back three times, couldn't garner the audience for it, finally get, ran a stake through its heart, and now... There's a movement on to save it and bring it to TNT. And I have... <laughs> People watch TNT. <laughs> somebody has to. Well, yeah, but you know who's behind this? It's Julie Taymor. She wants to call it V Turn Off the Dark. Stop <laughs> it! <laughs> Put it on Broadway. <laughs> Make Stop. a musical out of it. <laughs> It'll be With Bono and know, the I Edge. I actually saw somebody talk to the Edge and Bono about it, and they were saying they were reading a review and saying how that play was such crap, and they're like, "Yeah, we were saying the same thing backstage." And it's like, "Well, what? What? How can you say you're the one who wrote this crap?" <laughs> well, right, they did, let's they did, examine they did. that statement. They talked to someone called the Edge, <laughs> and another and he guy was a wrestler. <laughs> Right. And another guy wearing purple-tinted sunglasses called Bono. Everyone knows Bono's a piece of crap, though. <laughs> we look forward hey, to your letters. Laura. Please send them to Kriana at Sci-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> we anticipate your letters. <laughs> we look Mr. Bono, your Mr. Edge, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. The Edge. <laughs> Mr. Can I point something out real quick here, guys? Sure. There's, Absolutely. There is a very, there's a very special guest now in the chat room whose name is S.E. Gordon, and he is brilliant at short stories and these stories. 
S.E. Gordon, you are formally invited to submit a story Wait. for Fiction Friday, then. I, are, would you happen to actually be Stuart Gordon of Reanimator fame? <laughs> <laughs> no. his, name, his name is Scott, and he is... Uh, ask him sometime about his character's name, Krusty. Krusty okay. and... Okay. Well, wow. it's, it's ladies. <laughs> Hello, I do want to hear from you, Mr. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you. So, uh, if, if anybody wants to, like, send me an email from the Save V movement, Don't. send it to the Dome at SciFiSaturdayNight.com, and I would be happy to engage you in a laugh-off. Or you could just because, choke on your own tongue. It would be kind of the same idea. Because at this point, to save a show that was that lame is ridiculous. Uh, there were so many other good shows. A season three of Dollhouse would have been extra cool. A season three of the Sarah Connor Chronicles might have been nice. This one? No thanks. How about a season one of Firefly? Would have been you know, a full season one of Firefly yeah. would have been a- amazing. Speaking of which, speaking of which, uh, Entertainment Weekly this week. You a- magazine? Oh, hey, hey, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Just, just clarifying, you mean you magazine? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it comes out as, doesn't it? EW, EW uh, had a legend, wait for it, Derry Captains in Song and Story. Uh, on their website, and number eight was Captain Tidy Pants himself, Mal Reynolds. It was a really cool write-up about it. Number too. eight. Wait, wait, wait. Number was this eight. was this like an article just to hide, um, Arrow? Just to what? I'm just thinking, why would they do an article about captains? And I'm like, oh, they're gonna be hyping Pirates Four. Oh uh, Christ! Wait. AKA Johnny Depp wanders around in a costume and does stuff. <laughs> But he does it hotly. <laughs> if you hotly? say so. Is hotly a word? Now it is. <laughs> I just made it up. All right. Clearly it uh, is. Clearly we're going for it. Indeed. I turned it into an adverb. <laughs> okay. I think we got time for one more before the half. Oh, um, wait. I have it. Muppet movie. Muppet movie. Muppet movie. <laughs> oh. And we're done. Done. One more. Muppet movie! Yeah. <laughs> wow, the rapture came in where in 1979. Hell yeah. I I gotta tell you, I saw Oh my the... god, that means next year is Xanadu. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. No! <laughs> Do you think Olivia Newton-John can still skate? No, she can't. No. no, for the fact that she can't, but that's okay. <laughs> it's amazing to see her do it on her walker. I bet she can't oh. wear that outfit from, um, from uh, Greece either, but... No. God. Okay, now well, that I've done that, where did, some, want, dude, where did dude, anybody dude. else want to go with this? <laughs> uh, let's go for... Tonight, our guest is author S.J. Wright. Segway! Segway! Nice. Again. Oh, my. Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take a minute. Stephanie wrote this really cool book called Fish Word. 
and she's a self-published author. Uh, and lately we've had a whole bunch of self-published authors on, some who have gone on to... Uh, some who started... Dome, you're totally breaking up. Yeah, okay. Not just me. You were oh. like, some who... Silence. Okay. So your pontification yeah. is being lost on the general it's like public. like you're reading Mad Libs loud. I am reading Mad Libs. Oh, oh, let's make up stuff to put in. <laughs> <laughs> Gold farm! But anyways. Breeze <laughs> uh, fire! Oh, boy, oh, but boy. Stephanie, thank you for being the most patient guest we've ever had on the show. <laughs> And, and not, uh, not the most drunk either. Not yet. But, uh, <laughs> okay, if you're going for the oh title, my. I'm not Please. gonna stop you. Tell our audience a little bit about Vampire's Warden. <laughs> okay, it is a, it is a different twist on the more recently known vampire stories. But they don't sparkle, right? They do not sparkle. Okay. That's that's the important thing. <laughs> they do not sparkle. Yay. And the main vampire character, his name is Michael. He is sarcastic. And he's rather wind, um He really doesn't take any crap from anybody. Um, until he meets Sarah, who, uh, what the title of the book says, she is, has become the vampire's warden. She has inherited this job from her father from his grandfather, and so on down the line for several generations. And she doesn't find this out until her father dies. So that's kind of where the whole story, Sarah realizes that she has this responsibility. Um, before she finds out about that, though, she's got another big shocker on her play. She thought was dead. is actually still alive. So it's uh, that's really where the mo- where I, I want to say movie. <laughs> I really want. Are say you movie. looking for movie deals? <laughs> I would love that. I would love it, but um, it's not nearly ready for that. But um, it's really where the book opens. She finds out immediately on the very first page, your mother is still alive. I and read that page. I will verify <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm such a jerk. <laughs> But it's um, it's it's pretty fast paced. Um, I do not um, tend to go into a lot of long descriptions. Um, I like to keep things going on a roll, and I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, I couldn't put put it down because it was just it was so many, and I wanted to see what happened next. And so I'm hoping people, you know, don't feel the need to skip over long paragraphs that they're not interested in. Um, that's kind of the way I wanted to write this book. And do people uh, actually do that when they read? I want to take a poll. Who oh, does that? Yeah. Who does that? <laughs> what do you mean? Who does what? Who skips over whole paragraphs of stuff? Um, people who are impatient and don't want to work with a book do it a lot. I mean, I'm impatient, but I don't do that. I'd rather just put down the book if I'm not yeah. interested. I mean... But, I mean, that's what I was trying to avoid. I know I do it. I'm bad about that. Huh. On, book, on books that are very long and drawn out, there, there are times when... I'll give you an example that you're probably going to make fun of me for, but <laughs> I, just read the last, I just read the last L.J. Smith book. 
on the vampire and there were a lot of parts where I skipped over because I couldn't wait to see what happened to other characters that she was writing about in the next section. Okay, those are in my queue, but so, I haven't actually even I haven't actually even picked those up yet. So you're well ahead of LJ or whoever it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, so. secondly, didn't that person get fired from their own book series? I think they, uh, I want to say that I heard a rumor that that J.L. Smith is not involved anymore with the series itself. And I, and I don't know any more details than that. This is what I heard, is that, uh, and this is completely hearsay, if it's not true, I apologize. Um, I heard that uh, the publisher, I don't know which publisher it is, probably HarperCollins, they have a reputation for being evil, um, didn't like <laughs> where they were going. I don't know if it's a if it's a man or a woman. I'm assuming it's a woman. Um, didn't like where she was going with the characters and said, um, since we commissioned you to do this book and handed you these this situation, she didn't come up with a situation. They just said, here, write these books. Here are a bunch of characters. They didn't like where she was going with it. You're fired. This is what I heard. Yeah, it's kind of the it's a rumor now. Um, based on what I'm reading, it's it's allegedly she was five fourteen, um, and will no longer be writing any more Vampire's Diaries books. Uh, it says they cannot comment on whether or not these these rumors are real or shouldn't fire the publisher. So, um, and that's from that's from vampirediaries.net so who knows where they're getting their information but um, it's it's something I've heard before I don't know the details of it but I think they probably bought her name to put on the next book and you know I don't know if she didn't agree with what was going on with the series or what but I, I don't know about you guys but I love the Vampire Diaries series it's fantastic well, like I said, haven't read the books. Uh, the TV show is my guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's it's nearly as bad as Smallville, but I love it. And it's Damon, yeah. isn't it? It's Damon. Yeah, Stefan is just yeah. not that interesting. Uh-huh. Actually, you know who it really is? It's it's Catherine. Is it Catherine? Oh, she is a badass. She's such a bitch, and I love her so much. She just gets bitchy every time she kills someone. I'm just like, that was so hot. <laughs> I'm not even caught up with the TV show right now. The last time she just got sealed into the crypt after the masquerade, but oh, she's just yeah. like awesome. So, Steph- Stephanie, let's talk a little bit about some of the characters in your book because I found uh, the characters to be rather intriguing. Oh, you did? Good. I did. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about your book and not the Vampire Diaries for a minute. <laughs> I'm talking well, about what the hell? You mind if we just. Love it. Hey, that's mm-hmm. awesome, because no one else will talk to me about the Vampire Diaries, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> we do the Vampire Diaries show, we'll have you back, and you and Kriana can do the show. How's that? Woo! <laughs> in, in Vampire's Warden, you have actually two uh, duos of people, and I'm not going to pick them the way you think I'm going to pick, pick them. Oh, uh, the- no, you didn't. The first do I want to talk about is Sarah and her sister Katie. Yeah. Because that's an interesting little duet there. Yeah. Uh, both of them have the shared past of the mother who abandoned them and the father who ran the the inn until the day he died. And then 
Katie goes off to college. Sarah runs the inn and learns two rather unfortunate facts about the inn at that point. Right. After, right after her father dies. No spoilers! And, well, I'm not going to... Well, it, it's kind of the basis of the book. Yeah. Just, I'm just yeah. saying, no spoilers. Before right. you even got to the spoilers. I haven't done the spoilers yet. I know, the, don't. The first is the title of the book, The Vampire's Warden. The second is the fact that uh, about maybe 30 pages into the book, the mother who abandoned them and they thought was dead, they find out is alive. Mm-hmm. And the reactions of, of the two sisters is so different. Yeah, yeah. Why did you do that? What what brought about that reaction? And, and I mean, these are two very, very strong young ladies. Yes, they, they both are, very much. And they're very different in their own ways. Uh, look, not to bring this show shutter and halt, <laughs> Um, or bring a downer to everybody, but this particular part of the book is actually self-experience. Um, this actually happened to me. Um, when I was five, our mother left our family, um, and she stayed gone for eight years. So this was this was an experience where I needed to. I really wanted to get in and dig out what I had still had left over. You know, this the and I did it through Sarah and I did part of it through Katie and having six sisters, um, and one sister who grew up with me after that all happened, um, I kind of see it from two two different sides. It's, uh, but that's how I came up with the duo of them and how they eat differently. And interestingly, as, as the book progresses towards the final third of the first book, uh, Katie finds herself in, in a rather precarious situation and still, you know, through it all, maintains such rage. It's amazing. The rage that the two have misplaced towards each other. Yes, yes. I think that Sarah has Sarah has a lot of jealousy towards Katie for what she's been able to accomplish. Has to go to school and get her own career and do what she wants instead of Sarah, who's expected to go on with her father's business. You know, continue with you know, what he had been building. And I think even though Sarah wants to protect Katie, I think there is some animosity there. She's very jealous. Um, And she likes to kind of hide behind this overprotectiveness that she, um, which is one of the main feelings that she goes through throughout the book whenever the vampire issue comes up. The second duet I want to talk about is is uh, the of duo of of Michael and Alex. Yes, Michael and Alex. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, kind of the embodiment of, of of pure goodness and pure evil, and yet neither is is what they appear. Absolutely not. 
No. <laughs> Alex has a dark history. He really does. And you don't see that in the first couple chapters. No spoilers. Oh, for, for, no, no, no. We're being very good about this so far, I think, aren't we? <laughs> but um, And Michael, of course, is not what you would think either. He comes off as very sarcastic, very dangerous. And he is dangerous. But he chooses carefully uh, where he shows his anger. Um, his, his, any violence that comes from Michael is, uh, see, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> and, and, and be careful about where he shows his anger, but who he shows it towards. Yeah. And, the, and there's a warmth that he has uh, out of left field. Well, that, I, think, I think that thing that makes it different because he's seen her grow up. I mean, he has watched her play in the field and read her books and, and everything, and he's remained, remained ageless, you know. He is stuck at a point in time in his life, and he's stuck in a place where he has nothing else to do but look at the things around him. And one of those things is Sarah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of anxious to see where the, that room progresses in the second book. In fact, I'm very anxious to see whether, how that relationship continues because you clear some of the for it in the first, and how the second relationship between Alex and Sarah fails. <laughs> because I, I just don't as anything other than uh, a failure on Alex's part. Uh... Was that a spoiler? I actually I couldn't understand what he said I don't because know. it was all echoed. <laughs> try again, Dome. But unless it was a spoiler, then don't try again. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. What? No, I don't think it was. I think I said in the second. I'm looking forward to well, seeing he's... the relationship between Sarah and Michael. I think I know what he's talking move about. Move forward this. because you've clearly set it up that way. Have you? Am I still breaking up a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I know what yes. you're asking about. You're asking about what's going to happen with Alex's relationship with Sarah. Am it, I right? It seems to me, yeah, it seems to me that it's doomed. <laughs> um, you, would, you would think so. <laughs> you would think so. Um, some very interesting things happened at the beginning of the next book um, in regards to Alex and Sarah. Um she is very guilty. She knew that he hated being a vampire. Well, let me ask. Um, I don't want to give away any spoilers, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that Alex does not want to be a vampire. He does not want to be a vampire. No, please don't. Hmm. This is getting interesting. All up well, let in me here. Ask, uh, how um, I can share the how far is plotted out? I mean, what? We seem to be can having some technical me? difficulties. Brian, I can hear you, but no one else. So, um, here's what's going to... So it's my chance at the spotlight. Um, <laughs> Stephanie, <laughs> I'm going to drop you and call you back. See if that works. Okay? 
Okay. Weehee. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry, y'all. It's not so much the rapture tonight, it's the really annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's the Skype, which we need to damn to hell. Yeah, if anyone has any yeah. suggestions on stuff that we could use other than Skype. Okay. All right, let's try this again. Alex and Sarah. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the question was. Oh. Brian, Brian, what was your question? Well, just the fact that this is your baby. You you've got this designed as a multi-book series. Do you have an do you have a beginning, middle and end all plotted out? Do you know how this is all going to wrap up or are you basically you know, just doing it as you go along? Well, I've got the second book is wrapped up as far as plot goes. I have not um I have not even really written a word down for the third book. Um I've got a couple of vague ideas in mind, but no, I don't have it all mapped out. I really don't. So what you're saying is there's room for maybe, say, this podcast that does sci-fi <laughs> to uh, take on the vampires. <laughs> just just throwing plot points out there. Yes, yes. There's okay. definitely room for anything <laughs> like that. Anything like that. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty... Let's see. Well, let's... um. Would you uh, would you like to read some of this book to us, please? I would love to do that. Woohoo! Story time. All right, everybody, got your popcorn? I've got no, my Doctor Manhattan. If, if you so, know what I mean. Everybody got their alcohol sure. in their hands. Is everybody? There we go. We're okay. all set. All right. Um, this section, of course, if you don't, if you haven't read the book, you don't know. But Sarah is speaking in first person throughout this book. So, I'm going to start off in, um, at the end of, uh, the end of chapter three. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm only going to go for like a page or so, so. Um, I was in the meadow. Panic pushed through me in waves. And my heart began beating savagely inside my chest. No. Not here. I turned blindly to make my way back into the direction of the house. And that's when I heard the voice. Ah, Sarah. The voice echoed around me, unfamiliar and oddly seductive. The voice of a man. It was endlessly alluring, smooth, and sent little hot shocks up my spine. However, I could feel the dangerous undertone, the hint of the fed, as my brain tried to process the way my body was reacting. Who's there? I called cautiously, glancing around. Air congealed in my gut, rendering my legs and arms powerless. Whoever was calling me seemed to know me on a deeper level than I thought possible. It terrified me. There was a complete and deadening silence in the surrounding trees, a nothingness that brought the fear to a heart-stopping crescendo. I waited and looked over the bold night. I was reminded of the last vision I had when I was the woman in the meadow, waiting expectantly. However, there had been no fear in her, such as I felt now, only anticipation. What had she been waiting for? Who? Why hadn't she been afraid? It was a figure step out from behind one of the boulders. 
His movements were as fluid and graceful as a jungle cat. He paused for a moment and leaned back against one of the the boulders, crossing his arms. I could not make up the features in the darkness, only the carefree stance and powerful build. Even without the validation of physically seeing his eyes, I felt the mommy just as I felt the ground meet and the ragged breath coming in and out of my chest. Then he spoke. At last. There was a breath of a sigh, and I thought I saw his liquid and ironic grin. My dearest Sarah. Again, saying a lot of voice captured my attention completely. I found the power in my limbs suddenly and moved towards him, nearly desperate to see his face. Who are you? I'm sorry. I should have introduced myself. He chuckled darkly. I am Michael. There you go. Very cool. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And there was much rejoicing. I, I have one other, one last question for you about the, the uh, a group of people that I, I'm not sure if we ever get to see again, and I'm, I'm going to ask if we get to see them in book two, and that's the council. We will get to see um, several members in the second book. Yes. Cool. Okay. Um, and they, and they, they create a lot of tension, too. <laughs> Well, yeah, they tend to muck about quite well. <laughs> yes, yes. I've got to tell you guys, uh, if you're not familiar with the book, if you're not familiar with the writer, we're going to drop links to where you can on uh, Amazon, and uh, we're going to uh, let you know and get a look at it, and hopefully, hopefully... You'll give it a read, you'll give it a look, and enjoy it. Alright, Dome, you are breaking up way too much to wrap this up, so I'm going to wrap it up. He said we're going to put links to this book on the post that goes with this podcast, which should be up later tonight or tomorrow. So, on that note, let's give this a try. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do the coming up calendar. What? Um, Stephanie. Yes. Where can we, if do you have a, do you want to plug your website right now? Sure, it's sjwritebooks.com. And that'll be in the link on the post. So. Excellent. Yes, and don't forget about the giveaway tonight. Ends at midnight. You get a free cop signed copy of the Vampire's Warden, along with a printed copy of the first four chapters signed by me of the Vampire's Curse, the second book in the series. Okay, then. All right. Next week, Mindflot Productions, Patrick fills us in on the very soon-to-be-released film, Silver Circle. Then on June 4th, our Isaac Asimov tribute episode featuring legendary sci-fi author Ben Bova. Not to be outdone. On June 18th, Fresh must stop over at Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. We're talking to Spider Robinson. Woo! And on June 5th, 
Anthony Del Call and Connor McCreary get Hey Nani Nani with us with their hit comic series, Kill Shakespeare. I'm prohibiting you from using that line ever again. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music is provided by Zenoys. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome? Maybe. I want to thank Stephanie Wright for joining us tonight and hope that you get a chance to read her book. Undead thank you so and- much for having me. I appreciate it. All righty. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, it's the sweetheart of the soundboard. Kriana, thank you so much. You know what I really love? Tell me. Skype. <laughs> <laughs> From the four color vault of comics, thank you to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. It was the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. We're still here. And this is the dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. Look out for the roar. Holy zombie Jesus.